Greetings and salutations and welcome to Full Time, brought to you by the Game Sports Show and the Game Entertainment and Media and sponsored by Northern Superior Brewery in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Our May 25th edition of Full Time covering the world of soccer. Scott Nason with you once again. As always, we are joined by co-host Daniel Scarpino. Daniel, our season one finale, and we sure got a lot to talk about as far as the world of soccer. First and foremost, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing great, man. And yeah, certainly with this season finale, we uh, the agenda is full, let's put it that way. But I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, Daniel. A rare night off for both of us tonight, so we're able to record this show on this Wednesday, May 25th. And, uh, Daniel, let's start with the big five leagues in Europe as, as things have wrapped up for the season. We already knew from our last show that Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, and PSG, they had all wrapped up the title in their respective leagues in Germany, Spain, and France. But two leagues went down to the final match day, and let's start in the Premier League, where Daniel Hollywood could not have written a more interesting mm-hmm. script. Entering match day 38, Manchester City held a one-point lead over Liverpool, as the Reds still had a chance at the quadruple, already winning the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup over Chelsea. Manchester City was home to Aston Villa, while Liverpool, they hosted Wolverhampton. All the matches were going on simultaneously on Sunday. Liverpool, they give up an early goal to Wolves and would tie the game at one going into half. Aston Villa would go up 1-0 on City, which would still have given City the title at that point, mind you, on goal differential. And what happened in the second half of that match was, to say the least, very dramatic. City would go down 2-0 to Villa with just over 20 minutes remaining. Anfield was a buzz as Liverpool would go up 2-1 over Wolverhampton. And at that point, it looked like the Reds were in position to finish at the top of the table. And then three goals for Manchester City in five minutes, breaking the hearts of Liverpool fans as City would win another Premier League title on the final match day, winning at 3-2. Liverpool would win their match 3-1 over Wolves, but would finish one point behind. And, Dana, you and I have talked about it a lot as far as the regular season of the Premier League being probably the best regular season in all of sports. And we saw that on Sunday. Uh, drama, intrigue, you had plus plot twists and uh, much more. Your thoughts? Well, it's interesting because with the Sergio Aguero moment when City won their, their first title, we thought to ourselves, well, that's a once-in-a-lifetime moment. But right. then what we saw this past Sunday was another once-in-a-lifetime moment. So if these once-in-a-lifetime moments keep happening every 10 or so years, I'm perfectly okay <laughs> with that because as a neutral fan, it was unbelievable to see. And I was on zone and I was flipping back and forth, and I was on the goal rush, and then I was watching the City game, then the Liverpool game, and then you're watching the relegation battle. So, like you said, Premier League, in, in terms of regular season sports in general, has to be the best on the planet. Manchester City, I would say, fully deserved the title. Had Liverpool won it, they would have fully deserved it as well. You take a look at the point difference, Manchester City, they claim 93 points in the league, Liverpool on 92 points. They both concede 26 goals. City score 99. Liverpool score 94. I don't think that we've ever seen two teams at the top of their game with such great managers, with such great players. Uh, At least I haven't seen it in my lifetime, and what a privilege it is to see. But a brilliant Premier League season. Manchester City crowned the champions, and rightly so. 
Yeah, it was really exciting to watch. Uh, you know, you talk about those matches, Daniel, in August and September, and every match matters when you drop points, when you, you know, you draw a match at home. I mean, uh, certainly Liverpool would like to have some of those back, but you know, going back to the City Aston Villa matchup, you know, Aston Villa, former uh, Liverpool player and Steven Gerrard, you know, uh, you know, trying to do something that he never did while playing for Liverpool, win the Premier League. And, and you know, it looked like City was dead. I mean, Aston Villa yeah. was in real good form. But, you know, that City squad, we've seen it many, many times. They just, they found a way. They they got that one goal and the floodgates opened up after that. It was it, just a lot of drama and just, you know, and, and watching the fans. I think you had the lead singer of Oasis uh, get headbutted after after the the game yeah. uh, by a fan, he was all bloodied up and and just the excitement and the passion of the fans. You know, we didn't have that for the most part last season and certainly the season before. It's you know great to have the fans back. And if there's one sport, in my opinion, that needed fans back, all of them did. But you know, for for European soccer, I mean, you, you just can't match the 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 passion of that fan base. It, it's really second to none, in my opinion. And I, and I second that opinion strongly in that famous quote, football without fans is nothing. And I think that that is something that has been echoed time and time again. We saw with the return of fans all season how prevalent and important it was. And it just made things all the better. And it just heightened the importance of what players are trying to achieve. So brilliant for fans to be back, a brilliant Premier League season. And uh, I enjoyed every moment of it for the most part, really. There were some other things to sort out in the Premier League, Daniel. There was one spot open for Champions League position for next season. Chelsea secured third spot in a very tumultuous season. We'll talk about them more here in a little bit. While Tottenham Hotspur, they did get the fourth position in the Premier League at qualifying for Champions League play. They crushed Norwich as expected. Arsenal did their part by beating Everton. Arsenal will take part in the Europa League next season while Manchester United, they claim sixth in a conference league slot. And Daniel, I know you're a big Arsenal fan. Uh, you know, this season, a bit disappointing, but I think the future is still looking pretty good for Arsenal. They have a chance to get in the Champions League via the Europa League, uh, but uh, just your thoughts on Arsenal. You know, they started off slow. They got into contention there. It looked like they were going to get that final Champions League spot, but they faltered a bit down the stretch. Just your thought on Arsenal, being that that is your favorite club as far as the future. Well, as far as the future goes, I think it's relatively promising. And I just finished uh, stating that I liked everything that I saw in the Premier League for the most part. The only thing I really didn't like is this process that we're expected to trust as fans. We never did any business in the January transfer window. Right. I think that that inevitably hurt us down the stretch. We actually recorded a show, Scott, back in January, you and I did. And I said that Arsenal is a couple of injuries, a couple of COVID cases or a couple of suspensions away from being in a lot of trouble. And as yep. you said before, you can't really drop points. So when you go on a run of three games and you don't pick up any points, that hurts you. And you take a look at those moments while there was no cover at the positions when suspensions were happening, when injuries were happening, when players fell ill. So what I said could happen, did happen. Tottenham brought in a world-class manager and Antonio Conte. They get the fourth position. I think that Arsenal is, is in a position where they have a ton of young players, youngest, uh, youngest squad in the Premier League, by the way. So, yes, the future is definitely promising. 
this season? Was it a little bit of a disappointment? Yes, I ultimately had Arsenal finishing in a Europa League spot anyway, so I'm not hugely disappointed, but the manner in which they kind of let that fourth position go, uh, a little bit upset by it. But the future is promising, I would say, and hopefully they can uh, add some pieces in this uh, summer window because that's what they desperately need. They need players to come in and good quality players at that. And Daniel, there was also a relegation battle going on on a match day 38 between Leeds United and Burnley, Watford, and North City already relegated. So both their those clubs were trying to avoid the dreaded 18th position, that being Leeds United and Burnley. Leeds would get a late goal to send them over the line in Brentford, winning two to one, while Burnley couldn't get the result they needed at home falling to Newcastle United 2-1. So Leeds stays up, Burnley goes down. It's still one, still one spot remaining for next year's Premier League, which will be played Sunday as Huddersfield Town looks to get back into the top flight after a few years down in the second division, as they will face Nottingham Forest, who haven't been in the Premier League since 1999. And Daniel, you know me, I'm a big Chelsea fan, but I've always always had a soft spot for Leeds. I've always liked that club, and I'm glad they stayed up. Certainly, uh, it was tough for them. I thought they were the one team that was going down, but uh, Burnley goes down and Leeds goes up. Your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are I'm I'm really happy that Leeds stayed up, and my buddy put it in the right way. He said, Leeds go hard. He goes, I don't want them to get relegated. So if there's a team where you think that it doesn't matter the match day, that they're going to give their all, it's Leeds United. And I don't Certainly prey on people's downfalls, but what I would say about Burnley Football Club is sometimes you get what you deserve, and they shouldn't yep. have sacked Sean Dyke, uh, Sean Dyke rather, and, and I said that on a couple of different occasions because he knew how to keep a team up in the Premier League. He knew what relegation battles were all about. They sacked him with nine matches to go, and everyone said when the new manager came in, oh, look at how good they're playing. They're pulling results. Yeah, but that's called the new manager bounce. And then after the new manager bounce has gone after about three games, teams go back to what they were, and Burnley went back to exactly what they were. So I'm really happy that Leeds stayed up. They shouldn't have sacked uh, Sean Dyche, and in the end, Burnley deserved to be relegated. So I'm actually quite happy with the way that it worked out, Scott. I am as well. Uh, Daniel, in Italy, it went down to the last match day in Serie A, but way less drama and very expected results. AC Milan wins Serie A as they win at Sassolo 3-0. Inter Milan did their part, winning at home against Sampdoria 3-0, but would finish two points back and claim a Champions League spot along with third place Napoli and fourth place Juventus. You know, it went down to the wire, but you kind of knew when you saw the fixtures that this was going to happen, and, and certainly AC Milan has to be very happy with winning another Serie A championship. For sure, and uh, it's a club that deserves to be back on top, and you and I both pegged it right, Scott, that AC Milan would, would likely win the title. The only thing I would say on this season is that I did have Juventus doing slightly better than fourth position. Uh, Napoli probably exceeded some expectations, and Inter probably also exceeded, well, they exceeded my expectations at least when they lost their coach, they lost Lukaku, uh, they lost a few other players, they had to not spend as much money as maybe they would have liked. So there were a couple of twists and turns in Serie A this year, but the rightful team deserves to be at the top. By the way, at the time of recording right now, Scott, Roma has won the, uh, the Europa Conference League. Um, yep. so, so some huge things going on in Italy, and, and they, along with the Premier League, have the best title race for sure. Looking at the other Champions League positions in the major five uh, European 
leagues are Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, and Sevilla. They will all be in Champions League football next season out of Spain. Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund, Bayer Leverkusen, and RP Leipzig out of Germany. And PSG, Marseille, AS Monaco, and Stade Rennes in France. Uh, no real surprises there. Uh, certainly France had a real close battle for that fourth spot, but uh, the, the uh, usual suspects will be playing in the Champions League uh, next season, and certainly Leipzig uh, had a great season this year, winning uh, the Europa League, so no real surprises as far as the Champions League spots, Daniel, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you there, and I'm not going to put too much stock into anything right now at this particular moment in time, because we know once the summer transfer window comes, teams are going to add uh, value, shall we say, to their squad with bringing in certain players. But yeah, the teams that are there, certainly we would have expected to be there, and I'm sure that it will be good moving forward. And Daniel, something uh, near and dear to my heart as far as uh, my favorite football club, Chelsea, the United Kingdom government today has issued a license that grants the sale of Chelsea to Todd Bowley and clearly consortium that was announced today. The club was put up to sale after Roman, Roman Abramovich was sanctioned by the government for his links to Vladimir Putin following the Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The UK government statement added following the sanctioning of Roman Abramovich, the government has worked hard to ensure Chelsea has been able to continue to play football, but we have always been clear that the long-term future of the club could only be secured under a new owner. Following extensive work, we are now satisfied that the full proceeds of the sale will not benefit Roman Abramovich or any other sanctioned individual. We will now begin the process of ensuring the proceeds of the sale are used for humanitarian causes in Ukraine, supporting the victims of war. The steps today will secure the future of this important cultural asset and protect fans in the wider football community. We have been in discussions with relevant international partners for necessary license required, and we thank them for all of their cooperation. So Chelsea will remain as as far as uh, a club in the Premier League and uh, certainly uh, a big sigh of relief for yours truly, Daniel, because, you know, there were questions as far as if the Premier League was going to accept this, if the UK government was going to accept this. I think everything worked out the way it should have been and Chelsea FC, you know, certainly we'll talk more in June about, uh, you know, players leaving and transfers and such, but uh, a big sigh of relief from uh, yours truly, Daniel, that Chelsea has officially uh, been approved of the sale. And uh, that's to me, that's, I think that everybody did the right thing. I, I totally agree with that, Scott. And I'm, I, I'm super relieved for you because I know how much you love your blues and, I just think it's better for European football and the world of football in general if Chelsea stays as they are. You don't want to see the downfall of such a huge and historic club. So I'm glad that the sale has been approved. I think that this is going to do wonders for Chelsea. I think it's – I was listening to a Tuchel interview the other day, and he said, he goes, I'm still trying to wrap my head around everything. So if he, being the main man at that football club as the manager, is still trying to wrap his head around things, as you said, there's going to be so many things that are going to be unfolding. Uh, and not to mention, by the way, Chelsea Football Club have 21 players out on loan. So yeah. the future of Chelsea Football Club, I think, is in great hands with this new ownership, with the manager, with the players that they have, and with the players that they could always bring back. So Chelsea's in a good position. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for the club, and I'm happy for football, for sure. And Daniel, over the weekend, uh, Paris Saint-Germain announced uh, that Kylian Mbappe would be staying at the Parc des Princes 
after agreeing to a new three-year deal until 2025, with the forward insisting on Monday that he had been convinced by the club's sporting project. Uh, certainly, there's a lot of drama as far as uh, Mbappe's status uh, with Real Madrid and possibly Liverpool, but Mbappe staying at PSG. Your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are, and, and I hope that it's not taken the wrong way, but I don't actually care as much as most people do. And the reason for that is because, as you just said, the drama surrounding it, it almost seemed like high school petty drama, really. Yeah, like guys did. posting on their Instagram stories about being a traitor and he saying, oh, well, my mother would have wanted me to do this, but she also likes Liverpool and I talked to other clubs, but I enjoyed the conversation I had with this person. It's like, really, you know what? why don't you just keep the mouth closed, go and sign the deal, go play your football where you enjoy it and leave the rest to to the football fans to decide. But there was too much drama surrounding it, Scott. The fact that he's at PSG, that's great. He's a world-class talent. He's a wonderful player. And we'll see what the future holds. But I, I'm not actually too bothered by it. What are your thoughts on it? I'm, I'm the same way, Daniel. Uh, certainly lots of drama involved with that. Uh, you know, Mbappe is one of the best players of the world. Uh, PSG certainly has had a lot of domestic success in League One in France. Uh, still looking up for the uh, the uh, the big prize as far as the Champions League. I, w- I would agree with you. I think uh, a lot of unnecessary, and like you said, high school petty drama. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, Mbappe at PSG, I'm totally okay with that. Scott Nason and Daniel Scarpino with you for this May 25th edition of Full Time. And Daniel, still one match to play, which will be played on Saturday. The European club season will officially come to a close on Saturday in Paris where Liverpool, looking to win their third trophy this season, will take on Real Madrid in the Champions League final. Uh, These teams have met a couple times before. Uh, Back in 1981, Liverpool defeated Real Madrid 1-0 in the 1981 European Cup final, which was a precursor to the current Champions League. That one also in Paris. And uh, more recently in Kiev, Real Madrid defeated Liverpool 3-1 to to win the Champions League back in 2018. Lots of storylines in this one. Uh, Liverpool certainly uh, has been uh, through the ringer a little bit more than Real Madrid, who hasn't had to play as far as as many contested matches uh, with everything. Uh, just uh, give us a preview of your thoughts going into the Champions League final on Saturday. Well, I think that this has good history, but it also has recent history, as you said, from 2018. So my thoughts going into this final is that it is going to be heated. It is going to be tested. And it's between two managers who I don't want to say have polar opposite ways of playing, but they are going to be quite different. Liverpool is going to press high. And I think that Real Madrid is going to sit a little bit lower. And I think with the knowledge that both managers have, the quality of players that both teams have, It certainly will make to be probably the best game of the year, which is exactly what you want to see in a Champions League final. I did say, and this is many months ago, amongst my friends, and most of them agreed, I said whoever wins the Premier League, the team who doesn't, so the team who comes second place, will win the Champions League. So in this case here, because Manchester City won the Premier League, I personally believe that Liverpool is going to win this game. They will find a way. And even though that Real Madrid have all the experience that they do, some of the younger guys have come in this year and have played some brilliant stuff under Carlo Ancelotti. I just kind of think that with the road that Real Madrid has taken to this final, the late minute, the the last minute, sorry, 
uh, winners and what have you. I just think that their time is going to run out, and I think it's going to be Liverpool is going to hoist the trophy. What are you saying? I agree, Daniel. I think uh, you're going to see potentially a lot of goals in this one. I mean, when you have a team featuring Mane and Salah on one side and Benzema and Junior on the other, then goals certainly can't be too far behind. Uh, the only uh, question I have is possible fatigue for yeah. Liverpool. Again, you know, they've had to play a lot of uh, very contested matches with the FA Cup and, you know, trying to win the Premier League when Real Madrid, they've kind of really been on cruise control for the past couple weeks. But I think Liverpool is the better team, and uh, certainly Jurgen Klopp, you talk about transforming a culture in Liverpool. Not that they were a a poor team before he got there, but, you know, this guy has just done wonders with Liverpool. And and I think they're the better team, and I expect them to win. I'm going to say 3-2. to on Saturday, but certainly it's going to be a lot of fun to watch as the European uh, football season will end. And uh, But we have other European uh, sort of things going on, Daniel, with the UEFA World Cup playoffs. On June 1st, the World, World Cup qualifying will resume with the playoffs in Scotland as they will host Ukraine. The winner of that match will meet Wales on June 5th with the winner heading to the World Cup in Qatar in November, joining Group B with England, Iran, and the United States. And you also have a, a couple other uh, playoff games and qualifiers, if you will. You'll have the Asian playoff between the United Arab Emirates and Australia on June 5th. The winner of that match will take on Peru on June 13th. And the winner of that match will go into Group D with France, Denmark, and Tunisia. And finally, Costa Rica, they will take on New Zealand on June 14th, with the winner going straight through to the World Cup and Group E with Spain, Germany, and Japan. Now, Daniel, I'm real torn between that Scotland and Ukraine match. Uh, I have a lot of Scottish heritage and certainly a club uh, I root for a lot, the U.S., Canada, and England. But, boy, it's really hard right now to root against Ukraine. I think the whole world, basically, outside of Scotland and those with Scottish descent like yours truly are going to be pulling for Ukraine just to be able to play that match with all the turmoil going on in that country. And so mid-June, when we do our next show in late June, Daniel, we'll have the World Cup field. Just your thoughts on the uh, UEFA playoffs and some of the other matchups. Well, uh, I'm with you on the the fact that everyone's going to be behind Ukraine, including myself. I don't know if they're going to get over the line. I think obviously so much has happened. I think Scotland just might have the edge. It's, it's so difficult to say. But what I will say is that regardless of who does win, I still fancy Wales to win that final matchup and actually get to the World Cup. And uh, as far as the other matches go, I hate to say this because you never want to count a team out before they've even started, but I'm not sure that any of those teams that do eventually qualify are going to make any sort of noise at the World Cup. Uh, And again, it's kind of a negative take, and and I do apologize for that. But I I do believe that Wales will get through. As for the other teams, I think uh, whoever gets through is, is probably just going to be happy to get to the World Cup, Scott. Yeah, I agree. I think Wales is certainly the class of the three European squads that are still in there. Uh, I'm pulling for Australia. I always like the Socceroos in the World Cup. They haven't made a lot of noise. Uh, Costa Rica probably will get through over New Zealand. Oceania usually not very strong as far as the confederations, but I agree. I, I think Wales... 
of all those teams, Daniel has has a shot to maybe get to through the group stage to the knockout stage. But again, you got England and uh, the United States uh, potentially in that group. So we'll have the full field sorted out for our next edition in June. Scott Nason and Daniel Scarpino with you for this May 25th edition of Full Time. And Daniel, let's move on to Major League Soccer. Teams in Major League Soccer have played 12 to 13 matches this season in the East Philadelphia's first. Uh, they have 24 points. New York City FC one point back with 23, followed by Orlando with 21 and Montreal and the New York Red Bulls at 20. Daniel, our teams, they're struggling right now. In the Mm -hmm. East, Columbus in 12th place with 13 points. Toronto FC in 13th place with 12 points. One point out of the cellar in the East, currently occupied by Chicago. In the West, LAFC is the best team right now in the MLS. They are in first with 26 points. Austin FC in second place with 24, followed by FC Dallas and Real Salt Lake, who have 22. Vancouver They're struggling. They're in last place in the West with just 11 points. Daniel, we picked two clubs at the beginning of the season. You a Toronto FC fan. I adopted Columbus. And right now, those teams really having a hard time early in the season. Well, for sure. They are indeed having a a difficult time. And you take a look at the nature of the defeats that Toronto have have been encountering as of late. They lose games late. And I almost think that in some ways, at least from a coaching perspective, if that's happening, at least you could say, well, we're sticking in matches for the majority of them. So I think from a Toronto FC perspective, they're probably just hoping July, please get here so we can get some other players and right. some of our top players. So I actually think the future for Toronto is going to be okay. I don't, I never expected them to do a whole heck of a lot this season, maybe qualify for the playoffs. But um, yeah, as far as our two teams go, not doing maybe as well as we would have liked, but the season is still young and it's still fresh. And the teams that are at the top of the East and the West, They've been uh, showing themselves to, to be quite good, and it's been competitive so far, so a nice thing to see for sure. Yeah, still a lot of the season to be played and a lot of things to sort out in Major League Soccer. Daniel, let's end our show with local soccer on this side of the pond. The Sioux High Girls soccer team, they completed their season last night with a 5 nothing loss at home to Marquette. And we'll, of course, have uh, youth soccer going on all summer long here at the, some of the soccer fields in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, with the fall sports season beginning in late August for the boys' Sioux High soccer team. What's going on in Sioux, Ontario, as far as local soccer, sir? Well, it's been a lot. We just had uh, our high school soccer finals on Monday and yesterday. So in junior girls, uh, we did make the final. Us at uh, at Coral, we did lose 2-1, unfortunately, to a very good St. Mary's team. So congratulations to them. Uh, in junior boys' action, Superior Heights beat St. Mary's 4-1. to uh, In senior girls' action, Cora beat St. Mary's 2-1. to and in senior boys action last night, three to two in extra time for St. Mary's against Cora. So tomorrow kicks off regional uh, competition and I'll be refereeing uh, the 830 matchup between uh, St. Joseph Scholar Hall from North Bay against the St. Mary's Knights for senior girls. And then Friday is when all of the finals go down. And for those listening, if you're looking to go to these finals, they take place at the following times and place 11 a.m. for junior boys at Superior Heights. That'll be between St. Mary's and Superior Heights. Open girls final will be at 12.30 p.m. And uh, the winner of the semifinal tomorrow will play against Cora. And then at 3.30 p.m. is the big one. Senior boys, uh, where the two opponents will wait to see uh, who's going to get in. Um, so that's what's going on here. 
Obviously, summer soccer is right around the corner. We started draft games this week for our youth league, so uh, and our men's league is uh, for for Premier as well as the other divisions. They're all kicking off next week, so everything's in full swing here, Scott. Very busy times with very good times, and uh, hopefully better weather as the weather has not uh, cooperated too much. A little rain uh, today and tomorrow, but uh, summer is ahead. And weather uh, this weekend, Daniel, in the seventies. I don't know what that is Celsius, but I know this: it's warm at least. Definitely. Daniel, uh, this is our final edition of uh, this season's edition of Full Time. Our next broadcast will be in late June, and we'll be doing one show a month in June and July before ramping up our coverage beginning of the 2022-23 soccer season in August. We will be planning to have two shows a month during the soccer season and during the World Cup, which will start in mid-November and run through mid-December. We will have weekly editions of full-time covering the World Cup in Qatar, the United States and Canada, of course, both in it. And, Danny, while I'm all for enjoying the summer and warmer temperatures and the beach and everything that goes along with it, Personally, I can't wait for the World Cup uh, coming up in November. It's going to be a little different, being that it's not in the summer. Uh, but, uh, you know, being a United States fan and a Canada fan, I know you're a big Canada fan. Obviously, it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, without doubt. And definitely, you never want to wish time away and you want to soak up every moment for sure. And I definitely am looking forward to the summer and everything that comes along with it. But man, oh man, once November rolls around, it's going to feel like that's the only thing in the world that matters and it's going to be great. So we can only hope the best for Canada, hope the best for the United States, and we'll see what happens. But yeah, definitely looking forward to everything that's ahead this summer and certainly come November. And Daniel, a big uh, thank you to our listeners, uh, one of our uh, most downloaded and listened to shows on the game entertainment and media. We've been doing this uh, for over a year now, I believe. We're right around a year, and I want to thank you uh, for joining us uh, You know, for the full-time shows. Uh, you bring a lot of uh, expertise and content into the show, and uh, certainly, uh, again, thanks for uh, this season of full-time and looking forward to our next edition in late June and uh, many, many episodes to come sir yes definitely and thank you scott and, as, and i'll just echo your statements again thank you to everyone who has tuned into our show uh throughout this season it's been brilliant and there's going to be so much more to come so definitely a pleasure to, to talk footy with you all the time brother and i'm definitely looking forward to the future of of so many more things uh, that are going to be on our plate for sure as am I, sir. That's going to do it for our May 25th edition of Full Time, brought to you by the Game Sports Show, the Game Entertainment and Media, and sponsored by Northern Superior Brewery in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. For Daniel Scarpino, my name is Scott Nason. We will talk to you in late June for our next edition of Full Time here on the Game Entertainment and Media.